I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. I love that you're listening to a podcast episode about decluttering. (laughs) You are my kind of people. Before we jump into decluttering, I kind of want to dig into the purpose. So we are not just decluttering for the sake of decluttering, but think about this for a minute. How do you want your house to feel? This is the anchor that you'll keep coming back to as you make decisions for your house. And this is for you to decide. Some possible words that you could choose here for how you want your house to feel. Peaceful, homey, comfortable, Warm, joyful, colorful, bright, happy, relaxing. It's okay if you're thinking of a few words here, but really decide what you dream of your house feeling like. Then, as you make decisions about your home, your clutter, decorations, functionality, you're going to refer back to these words. Think about all the different types of people. That's why there's not one best way for your house to feel. This is totally up to you. Some people love vibrant colors, beautiful things everywhere, a little bit of chaos. Some people love serene and neutral with more blank spaces. It's up to you. You get to decide. So whatever you decide will be your anchor. This is reducing decision fatigue, as we love to say on this podcast. This makes it not a brand new decision every time, like... Oh, someone said brightly colored chevron prints are cool again. Should I buy all new throw pillows? Or this amazing artwork is on sale, 99% off. Should I buy it? Well, does that object fit in with what, what you want your house to feel like? That will help you make those decisions. The answer is probably no. Just because something is an amazing deal and someone else said it's valuable doesn't mean you need it for your home if it's not even your style. And no, I'm pretty sure brightly covered chevron is not the latest home decor trend. But for the record, I it might be. <laughs> I just googled it while I was making this episode and some celebrities are sure enough bringing back chevron. So That is exactly why we need to make decisions based on what we like, because other people's opinions are probably going to change soon anyway. So you picture how you want your house to feel, and you do you. Try to picture a home that feels that way to you. Maybe a home you've seen on Pinterest, or a home you've been to, or a spa, or a hotel. A place that kind of reminds you of how you want your house to feel. That will help you make your decisions. Clutter usually implies things that are in the way, in the way of how we want our house to feel. So to make your house feel less cluttered, you want to only bring in the things that you love or are useful to you. So when you're choosing from now on, choose to bring in things to your house that align with the words and the feeling that you've already chosen. 
This will help to reduce impulse buys and regrets. It will also help you reduce waste and reduce having to declutter and get rid of so much in the future. I'm going to give you some tips now for reducing clutter, but feel free to interpret it yourself and do it your way. Gretchen Rubin coined the term clutter blind for some people who really just don't see clutter. And if that's you, I'm not trying to change your ways. I just am trying to help the people who want help. So people who are affected by clutter and do benefit from peaceful and more clear houses and want some ideas. So here we go. My first two tips are kind of freebies because I've already mentioned them at least once on this podcast. Number one way to reduce clutter is to reduce the amount of items in your house. You guys knew I was going to say that, right? Shoving things into drawers to create the illusion of clutter-free spaces will work in the short term, but things end up coming out of those little hidey holes and end up all over your house again. Remember, we want to be able to find things quickly when we need them, so having things stuffed in small hidden spaces is just not going to work. We're going to skip right past deciding how to decide to get rid of things because that's a topic for a whole nother episode. And the second freebie tip is something else you've already heard me say. Everything in your house should have a home where it belongs. If someone needs to find the scissors, they should go look where the scissors belong and return it there when they're done. This helps so much with the reducing of mom, where is such and such? If everything has a home, that's where it is. So we're going to give everything a home. So in doing that, how do we decide where things go? And here we go with the five new tips to reduce clutter in your home. My first tip is create open spaces intentionally. Countertops that are clear or drawers that aren't totally full. It's almost like your space can breathe when there are open spaces. And I mean create them intentionally. I am a huge fan of a clear kitchen counter. At least one clear kitchen counter if you have the space. The clear spots will bring you peace, but more so it's leaving space for life. There's already an open space ready for making dinner or space for your kid to sit on the counter if they're anything like mine or space to drop off the things of the day. Creating space for life. When we organize our closets or drawers, leave some space for the next few things you don't own yet. That way when you do get them, the order can stay that you've already created. I even have one mostly empty shelf in my kitchen pantry slash cabinet. I don't really have a pantry, but we have cabinets where food goes. And I try to keep one spot in there mostly empty because there are always temporary things and I need to put them somewhere. Food that I've had to buy to take to an event at the kid's school or food when it's our turn to bring soccer snacks and stuff like that. I have a spot for it so it's not just sitting on my counter for several days. So that's my tip. Leave space for life to happen. You don't have to fill or organize everything to the brim. Tip number two for reducing clutter. When purchasing decorative things for your house, opt for a few bigger things instead of lots of little things. So we're thinking bigger picture frames, bigger flowers, maybe a bigger lamp or bigger decor, and definitely bigger rugs. Yes, the smaller things are usually cheaper, and if you're like me, I can talk myself into five things that are $20 each so fast But one thing that's $100, I just hesitate on so much and can't do it sometimes, um, even when that means the total amount was the same. Maybe I just would have liked that one thing better. So I'm trying to get better at this myself and be more intentional about waiting for the thing I really want and even if I need to wait and save up. If I truly like it better and it looks better, I should just do that instead of all the quick impulse buys, especially if it's big and makes a good visual for the space. 
There are actual guidelines for how big things should be proportionately to other things in your house. I'm not an interior decorator at all, but from what I've learned, typically an example is you want art above a couch to be about two-thirds the length of the couch. That will look less cluttery than a gallery wall, which gallery walls are awesome and great, but if you have a gallery wall maybe on like every wall of your house, it would maybe contribute to an overall feeling of clutter. Um, so picture some built-in shelves on like a design website or Pinterest. Usually the designers don't put 30 small trinkets on a shelf. Often the designers will use a few larger items. So next time you're shopping or designing part of your home, think, could I get one bigger thing instead of some smaller things? And would that reduce the feeling of clutter? So anyway, refer to actual decorators on these type of guidelines, but I have seen some guides like this on Pinterest for sizing and proportions and stuff. So tip number three is remove unnecessary noise from things that do belong in your house. Things that contribute to the visual noise or visual clutter, in my opinion, are things like stickers on the side of storage bins, prize tags, labels that we left on, Words that you don't really need to be reading when you're just looking at something. I even took the dealership tag off my car, the one that comes on your car around the license plate, because I just didn't want those extra words on my car. And I know that confessing that (laughs) makes me so weird. But if something has a label or a brand name that can be taken off cleanly, I usually just take it off. Another place I do this is taking boxes out of the pantry. I mentioned in episode two, home organization tips. That if you're anything like me, we just don't have time to carefully decant every single type of flour and pasta into beautiful jars. I love the look of that. I really, really do. I did that before I had kids and I just don't have time for that in this season of life. And I am definitely not making fun of the people who do that because honestly, when I have more time again someday, I will be a decant my flour kind of girl. But right now I have four little hands always pulling at me, knocking things over, and I usually just need to get the groceries out of their bags and put away quickly. But I do like grouping things in bins. I think this saves space and makes it look tidier and reduces the visual noise compared to having several boxes on the shelf, holding a few items each. I have one clear bin in my pantry for granola bars or beef sticks, small things like that. And when I get groceries, and I get some new boxes of those items, I just dump them straight out of their box into that bin, and then I throw away that box or recycle that box. That takes literally two seconds and honestly saves me more than two seconds of time later because I'm not having to move around extra boxes. And it also saves me space because I can fit more in that bin than I could if I kept each thing in its own box. I also have a clear bin in my pantry cabinets for nuts. I keep all the nuts in their packages, but I throw them all in there. So I think the broad, easy groupings and bins help reduce visual noise. The more broad you are, the easier it will be, and the more specific you are, then it will be harder. I really don't even have to label them because there aren't very many categories in my house, and the categories are kind of broad. Sometimes even labeling things unnecessarily can add to visual noise if you're looking at something and there's just words everywhere, but sometimes labels are helpful. I have a label maker and I do love to use it, but that's just something to think about. Tip number four, if you're getting something new, get rid of the old version right away. If you get a new backpack, get rid of the old one. If you get a new coffee pot, get rid of the old one. This is hard when the old one isn't totally bad or ruined or whatever, but, and if you really are going to use both, then great, that's awesome. But chances are, if you're going to use your new one every time, that old one is just going to stay in the back of your cabinet or your closet. 
So consider donating it and selling it to someone else who will use it if there's still some life in it. Don't just shove it to the back of your cabinet forever. It's not serving any purpose in there. And tip number five for reducing clutter in your home, the last tip for today, is have a things to donate box and a things to return to people box. I actually like keeping these boxes or bins in my garage because it's just easier to access all the time and it's out of my house in a way. I just throw things in the tub as soon as I decide something shouldn't stay in my house. But also it's right by my car so I can easily grab things and get them out of there as soon as I can too. On the note of donating things, in case you don't have a good place to donate things to already, check your local area for foster care companies. My sister-in-law works for one in the OKC area called Anna's House, and it is a nonprofit that serves foster families, and they accept donations of kids' things that are still in great condition. They're able to give those for free to the foster families who need them. Isn't that a great place to donate? Another way to do your part in helping the families who are making such a big impact for those kids. Just putting that idea out there if you need a place to donate things to. And personally, I like to keep kids' outgrown clothing out of their closet because husbands or even the kids themselves or whoever is helping them get dressed can inadvertently dig into that box. Things get mixed up and or your kids just see something in there and they want it. Um, the exception for this might be the baby's first year of life when they're literally outgrowing things every single week. When my babies were tiny, I did have an outgrown clothing bin in their closet, but now... I like to keep it in the garage and get it out. So I do have that donate bin in my garage and I just let it fill up and then I take it to the donation place as soon as I can. I also have a bin for things to return to people because I feel like I'm always ending up with a dish to return to someone or a friend's toy that we accidentally made at home with or my sister and I still share clothes and I'll put stuff in there that I've already worn and I know I need to get back to her, stuff like that. I even put things to return to a store in this bin too. I like it being right by my car so I don't forget about it and let things go past the return window. If things are needing to get out of my house and be returned to someone or to a store, they go into that bin right away. And then it stays kind of in the front of my mind because I see it. And that's it for my tips today. Before we go, I would love to say a little prayer and blessing for you. Dear God, thank you for these listeners. Thank you for the fun things you have put in our lives like decorating our house. We ask that you stay at the front of our minds and that we prioritize our life with you at the center of it. Thank you for our homes that we can raise our children in. For you, Lord, let everything we do be for your glory. In your son Jesus' name, amen. If you love this podcast, would you leave a five-star review and share it with your friends? It helps other people find this podcast and it would mean so much to me. You can also click subscribe in whichever platform you used to listen to the podcast. Then you'll be automatically notified each time a new episode is available. If you're on Instagram, find me at Elevate Motherhood. I share a bit more behind the scenes of daily life and mom hacks than you might get from this podcast alone. Thanks for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood.